Beautiful day it is in the fall in Alabama, Tuscaloosa. We want to welcome you in this morning, all of us. We're endeavoring, we're desiring, we're seeking a move of God in our lives. So we're ministering on owning a revival culture. Point to yourself and say with me, I'm owning a revival culture. Better this time. I'm owning a revival culture. And that's what we're endeavoring to do. Not just see that we, just not say that we saw one. Not just to say, well, I heard about it. Or I even went to a meeting one time and, and, and boy, it was a rocking and a rolling. And then I came home and I didn't rock and I didn't roll. So we're endeavoring, all of us, by design, by pressing towards the mark to put revival inside of me, inside of you. Not something that we go and look at, not an event, but that it's something that's inside of us. Our identification in Jesus is inside of us. It's not something they have to tell you. Well, you can do this. You can whoop the devil. Oh, oh okay, okay. Well, that probably is not going to happen, is it? You got to know inside of you. Demons are afraid of me. Yay. I got, I got plenty more where that came from. My seed is going in the, into the uh, deal. So we want to host a move of God that is sustained. Not an event, not something we look back and said, find out when we had that revival last year. Uh, so a revival is defined, it, it's, it's the culture or it's the way we see things and do things together. Well, to do that, we have to each one of us be in. You know, if you go to church here on Monday, the doors are locked. But Sunday is our culture. So we open the doors on Sunday morning at 1010 and boom, we're all here. But not because the Bible says to. It's just our culture. We sing three songs, but we could sing 40 or we didn't have to sing any. It's just our culture. And so a revival culture is actually getting a revelation of having heaven on earth. Even the song we sang, um, let's see if I can remember the song we sang. Uh, there is therefore now no condemnation. Well, the words of the original song, uh, it says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, the song, the song says, will set you free. But that's not what the Bible says. That's, that's Romans 8, 1 and 2. But that's not what the Bible says. It says, has set you free. Well, why would they put up there, why would they put in the song, will set you free? Because they're saying that you don't have heaven on earth, you have heaven in heaven. And when you get to heaven, then you will be set free from the law of sin and death. But nay, nay, I've been set free now. We've been set free now from the law of sin and death. But they changed the song. Well, that's religion. That's religion. That's not truth. So uh, we're all wanting a change. You're wanting a change. I, I assume you're excited about revival culture because you want to change. You know that it's not all it can be inside. You know that what's presented to you, your options, are not all the options. There's a, you turn the menu over and you can see more stuff. So we, we know there's more and we want that change. And so we want a continual move of God in our own personal lives. And then when we come together, that's all we have to talk about. When, when Alabama plays, and I'm going to say there's maybe some visitors in there, but they're all with one accord in one place. 
<laughs> and it's the culture. And when they sing Rama Jamma, you know, you, you have to, you, 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 it's the culture. You'll say things you don't normally say in Rama Jamma. So it's the culture, though. They're not singing Rama Jamma at LSU. They didn't sing it one time at Tennessee last night. But uh, those Bama fans, they, they sung it with gusto because that's their culture. And we buy into a culture. You were raised in one culture. Maybe you were raised in a culture that was not Pentecostal. So your culture was non-Pentecostal. Did y'all notice the president yesterday declared and said, I am a Christian. I am an interdenominational Christian. He said, I was raised Presbyterian, but now I'm, I'm a different brand. He said, I'm thankful for the Presbyterian, but I'm, you know. So he's changed cultures. Whatever that means to him and whatever it means to you when he says that, he's changed cultures. So I want to change my culture, whatever it is, that's not experiencing a continual move of God, I want to change it. And so I have to give myself to it. I have to, I have to alter things. It's not magic. It's, God's not magic where he just dings you and you go, oh, now I got a revival culture. No, it's uh, from faith to faith. Grace to grace and faith to faith. Here a little, there a little, the word says. So we've discovered three words and we're, we're, that describe us. We say we're stalwart, which has to do with being unmovable. We say we're resilient, which has to do with getting up when you get knocked down. We say we're fierce. We're not just going from A to B. We're burning the path to it. Everybody knows, ah, boy, Billings has been down that road because look at the smoke. We're fierce. We're fierce. So it's not enough just to be in. Okay, I vote with the revival culture. We are, we are on fire. You know, every once in a while you'll see on the screen that flaming hand. It's the favoritest icon that I have. Some people like this and like that. I like the flaming hand because that's, that's who I am. That's who you are. And I like it. So uh, we looked at uh, 11 different revival, uh, excuse me, six different revival cultures. Even though this is our 12th time to minister it, we've had a little bleed over and couldn't, couldn't get off of some of them. So the first thing we said, it was embracing uh, the, the government of heaven, which is family. Now we just don't say it's a structure, it's a church, it's got, it's got elders, it's got deacons. It's, no, we say we're family. And that's quite the difference. And we get that from Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Revival culture is God only, God only surprising us with his goodness. He doesn't surprise us with bad stuff, punishment. He doesn't have any. So he can't do it. He can't put sickness on people because he doesn't have any sickness in heaven. Hallelujah. A revival culture is a life rich in hope and faith. We're faith people. We could do better. We are doing better. We want to do better, but we are a faith people. Amen. Revival culture is a generous mindset. Generous. Amen. We have a mindset that, that makes us dream big. And what that says is it, there's plenty more where that came from. Yeah, I'm giving it all, but there's plenty more where that came from. Yeah, I, yeah this is all I have. This is, I'm going to stretch and, and even give more that's not really here. But there's plenty more where that came from. That's in revival. And if you don't have it in your heart, in your life, in your, in your thinking, then you're not totally immersed in a revival culture. But we're all moving together. 
We're all going up. We're all saying, I want more. But to know what that looks like, what, what does revival look like? I don't even know. You don't know. Well, is it a, hop, uh, a hoppy meeting where everybody is running wild and going around the room and ah, we're all just whatever? Could be. But it might be more than that. And you might, not, you might have something else sometime that that wasn't in there, but you could say, it happened tonight. So it's a lot of things. Just like what makes you happy. Well, it's not just one thing, although one thing would be exciting to you, but there's other things that you go, I really like that. So uh, revival culture, we said, uh, number five, is identifying with the supernatural life. That we can feed the masses, we can make blind eyes open, we can make food multiply, we walk on the water, so to speak. We speak to the mountain. You know, it, I thought about this the other day, speaking of that, and I know this is going to get me off, but, but why did Jesus say in Mark 11, say, therefore I say, say to the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. And does not doubt in his heart, but believeth those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Why did he say mountain? Because if he had said anything natural, we'd all put a doctrine to that's how that works. Healing or prosperity or whatever. We, we would have attached the doctrine to that particular thing. But he just said mountain. Well, who's got a mountain in their backyard that they say this thing's got to go? So he was telling us, he was describing our whole life that whatever obstructs your view, whatever stands in your way, whatever's the limiter on your life, here's how you get rid of it. Well, I'll fast and pray. No, you won't. Well, I'll give up smoking. No, you won't. Doesn't have to. You don't have to. What do you have to do? Find out who you are. Speak to the trouble that's in front of you based on who you are. Enough of that. Uh, we said number six is this is uh, rival revival culture is demonstrating honor according to the kingdom of God. <gasps> it's you. <gasps> it's you, Lynn. <gasps> it's you, Rachel. I'm so glad to be in your presence, Lisa. <gasps> it's you. Where we don't just say, yeah, that's church. That's what we know them all. We're going to sit down and chew our gum. We come in and we go, Wow. Here's my family. <gasps> it's you, Annette. <gasps> it's you, Matthew. I don't, don't believe all them things they said about you a while ago. Amen. So I want to talk about number seven. Revival culture is giving place to the prophetic. Say the prophetic. The prophetic. The prophetic. Can you have revival culture, really, without the prophetic? I say you can't. I say you can get over there and you can stir a whole bunch of stuff. But everybody knows you got to ice the cake. <laughs> okay, so turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, if you would. Now, here's the truth. Y'all want some truth here. God is speaking all the time. Well, golly, we even know a, a car radio speaking all the time. Right. Just when you turn the volume off or turn it off, it doesn't mean that, there's not a, that you shut down every radio station in, in the county. It just means you're not transacting what's being sent. God's speaking all the time. Now, would you, would you imagine that? Like, like they say, scientists say, there's microwaves coming through us. They're all over this room. How do you think you can answer your phone or send on your phone? 
How, how does Wi-Fi work? There's microwave things. I, I don't know if it's all microwave, but there's, there's things going through you and me all day long at every moment. And you get in your car and say, I'm going to, going to Birmingham and I'm going to escape those waves. Ah, if you can pick up your phone and call mama, you didn't, you didn't walk out of anything, did you? Well, that's the way it is with God. He is speaking all the time. He's not holding his breath and saying, one, two, three, thus saith the Lord. That's not him. He's talking all the time. Now, you need to know that for where we're going with this uh, revival culture. So our job, our duty, our privilege is to seek what he's saying. Put your finger to you and say, hey, you, you. seek Seek. what he's saying. Get in hot pursuit because he's talking. And when the Lord talks, it helps. He's not like us that just rattle on and on and like, whatever, whatever. He has something to say that will change everything. Now, we know he talks in a lot of ways. He talks in dreams. He talks through the word. He talks through the still, small voice. He talks in in, uh, open visions. Y'all know that? One time, one night time, he scratched it on the wall. And you go, ooh, yeah. But probably not you and me that much. One time in the Old Testament, he talked through a fleece. They put a fleece out and said, Lord, if this is wet in the morning, we'll know. And if it's not wet in the morning, we'll know. He talked in the Old Testament about the the Urim and the Tumen. They would cast these lots. And however they played out, they'd say, God has spoken. But that's not how he's speaking anymore. That's not it. Don't be, don't be putting fleeces out unless you want to get fleeced. Yeah, amen. So in 1 Corinthians 14, let's, based on that, based on that God is talking all the time, let's look in verse 1. Follow after charity and desire. The word there is lust. I know y'all don't want to put lust in your Bible, but uh, that's what the word means. Crave. Crave is another word. And, and, and desire spiritual gifts, but rather, but rather... Woo, look at this. Pulled one out of all the nine, but rather that ye may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. Y'all say amen right there. For no man understandeth himself, or him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. He speaketh divine secrets when we speak in tongues. But, right there, he's going to transition. He says, but he that prophesieth Speaketh unto men, what does he speak? To edification and exhortation and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue, he's comparing here, edifieth himself. But he that prophesieth, profiteth, excuse me, edifieth the church. I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret, that the church may receive edifying. Well, this is what all denominations that don't like the supernatural, they say, look, 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 in verse 5, he'd, he'd rather you prophesy rather than speak in tongues. And if you look in most versions, prophesieth means to teach and preach. It means a, a God coming on you and you preach and teach. Well, that's not what the word means, because we got preach and teach all over the Bible. He didn't say prophesy when he said Jesus went around uh, teaching. That's what it says, teaching. So uh, the new living, let me read it in the new living. Y'all don't mind waiting a little bit. Let love be your highest goal, but 
You should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, and we do, you will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. Y'all agree with that? But he who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but who, but who, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone interprets what you are saying. So the whole church will be strengthened. He didn't say there to not speak in tongues. He just said prophecy is greater if there's not an interpreter. Now we're going to talk about tongues in just a minute, what that means. The Passion says, can you all listen to the Passion one time? It is good that you're enthusiastic and passionate about spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. When someone speaks in tongues, no one, no one understands a word he says because he's not speaking to people, but to God. He is speaking intimate mysteries in the spirit. Would y'all think that was good? Yeah, we shouldn't discount that. Ah, oh, we don't need tongues because he's just speaking intimate mysteries to me. <laughs> oh, my. But when someone prophesies, he speaks to encourage people, to build them up and to bring comfort, say revival. The one who speaks in tongues advances his own spiritual progress while the one who prophesies builds up the church. Amen. Sounds like revival culture. Sounds like a move of God could be helped by edification, exhortation, and comfort. It sounds like a good thing. I need edifying, don't you? I need comforting, don't you? We do. We need it because we go through stuff in life. Jesus said, in the world, you'll have tribulation. If this, the word for that is nasty stuff. You'll go through nasty stuff. It's like, ah, this is nasty stuff. He said, ah, that's okay. I've got you covered. Well, how do you have us covered? There's a whole plethora of things where the Lord helps us get through tribulation. And one of them is prophecy. So what is edification, exhortation, and comfort? It's bringing out the best in people. Bringing out the best in people. Wow, someone prophesied to me and they said if I didn't straighten up, I was going to hell and, and God was going to take my kids away and I was going to lose my job. No, no, no. Edification. Exhortation. Comfort. This, this willy-nilly stuff about God raising up somebody to prophesy and you'll, he's going to prophesy to me. I hope he doesn't reveal my deepest secrets. If he does, he didn't. Because he don't know him, and he just taken a shot in the dark, and it wasn't, it wasn't from God. Someone says, I'm going to prophesy to you. You can know if it's from God. It's fixing to be better. A good thing is about to happen. Because you need edification, building up. You need uh, uh, exhortation, which is encouraging. You need comfort. Settle down, Jack. Settle down. It's not like it looks. So prophesying is mining the gold that's in people. There's gold in us. Now, they say gold, a ton of gold ore, which is 2,000 pounds, has three ounces, which would be a fifth of a pound 
It's not much gold in a ton of ore. It's not much gold. You, gotta, you, you really got to whip the dirt to get a little gold out of it. But there's gold in it nevertheless. Not all, I mean gold ore. Well, the Lord says there's gold in everybody. Well, what do we got to do to get to it? Well, you got to mine it out. It looks bad. It looks nasty. It looks like there's no hope. It looks like they've ruined their life. It looks like they've gone the wrong way. It looks like they have a bad attitude. But God says, I, 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 I. there's good in there. I want you to find it because they need to know it's in there. They've been whooped from pillar to post thinking I am no good. I'm hell bound. God doesn't care for me. I'm a wreck and, and nothing good's going to happen to me. We need to mine the gold that's in them and say, ooh, look. Look, look what God's done in you. Look what good thing that's in you. Look what the Lord's going to do, and look what he has for you. Is that worth it? The Lord thinks so. I want to think thoughts that he's thinking. I want to not think thoughts that he's not thinking, and that's how you do it. So most people, most people, listen, are so aware of what's wrong with them. So aware. And then we have a devil that says, yeah, it's worse than you think. They're so aware of what's wrong with them, but they're so unaware of what's right with them. The gold. Because it's the nasty stuff that's floated to the top. And that's what they're seeing. And so prophecy simply, it brings a revelation of the glory that's been assigned to every one of us. Senna has glory in her. Wendy has glory in her. Even old Lynn's got something in there. I bet there's something in there. Of course there is. There's gold in us. There's good in us. And God knows about it. And he wants somebody, because the devil's not going to help you, he wants somebody to mine that gold and say, ah, let's not, let's not pay any attention to 1,999 pounds and, 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 four, and 13 ounces of ore, of dirt, of junk, let's find that three ounces of gold and let's look at that and let's talk about that and let's exalt that. Wow, that sounds good. It's like having a birthday every day. That was funnier than y'all thought. Hallelujah. <laughs> so what, what prophecy does is it brings a conviction to us that we're living below heaven's standard on the earth. Ooh, I didn't even think about that, Lord, but that is right. And I, I, I had forgot all about that. And yeah, that is true about me. And we discount all the stuff that's a junk mess that doesn't matter to heaven. That, that The devil did it. Your flesh did it. Sin did it. And it's there. And it's, you, they can point to it and say, that's who you are. No, that's what I did. But that's not who I am. Look at this gold. There's gold in me. I'm the righteousness of God in him. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. Greater is he when it's 1,999 pounds plus of, of ore. Look at me. Greater is he that is in me. Must be potent. Must be powerful. Must be amazing. So uh, calling out the gold, prophesying, brings a conviction that I'm not all good in the sense of my earthly life. But God thinks I'm real good. He's going to take me to heaven. He's going to bless me. He's going to use me. He's going to shine through me. I'm salt and light. 
Well, what about all this other junk? Ah, we pay no attention to that. So God's talking all the time. So we've got to hear more from God. Because the devil's got your ear. If you, if you don't take him off of it, he's got his lips around both ear, and he's, he's, he's junking you. And if you don't change, that's what you're going to hear is this world. So when we know, when we know that God's talking to us all the time, he's talking and he's got good things to say, then when we know that, when someone prophesies to us and said, here's the goal, look at you, you're amazing. You are amazing. We start saying, let's play that again. Let's, let's hear something like that again. It, it lifts everything. It's like, yeah, that's right. I wonder if there's anything else in there that God thinks is good. Because I was going to jump off the bridge. I, I was going to end my life because, I mean, that's what people say. Y'all look at me like it, I'm talking about me. I'm not talking about me. <laughs> so let's, talk, let's, let's back up here in the scriptures because we said some things that not everybody understands. Because scriptures have been maligned, they've been misused, they've been taken out of context for these that say that tongues is this, but prophecy is better. And if you can somehow make your theology, your doctrine say that prophecy is just teaching and preaching, you will disregard tongues and you will never get to true prophecy. But the truth is, there are two manifestations of tongues. Now, how many of y'all know that we use this mouth for a lot of things? We can kissy-kissy. Oh, look at y'all, you holy things. You can eat with your mouth. You can breathe with your mouth. You can sing with your mouth. You can curse with your mouth. You can bless with your mouth. But it's all one mouth. Well, tongues has a dual operation. The first thing is, it's the, it's the personal devotional gift to everyone. That gets baptized in the Holy Ghost. Everybody gets it. You go, I didn't get it. Well, there's lots of people that say, I'm, I am, but I didn't get it. Well, you stopped before the door opened. You ought to walk on through. There's more. And yeah, you got close. And uh, yay. But the other thing is, is it's one of the nine mentioned manifestations of the Holy Ghost. The, what we call the gifts of the Spirit. Now, it sounds the same, but it's not. Well, it doesn't even really sound the same. When you pray in your devotional language, in your, in your tongues, that's, that's tongues, and we can, we can speak in tongues at will. That bothers some people. Like I, in the early days when I got baptized, people were really afraid that the UPS man, you were going to open the door to him, and you had no control, and you were just going to lay a... A big old tongue on him. <laughs> and people were terrified. I don't want that. But that's not how it works. The Bible says that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. You can turn it off when you want to, and you can turn it on when you want to. Actually, of the nine gifts of the spirit, y'all know them, we'll look at them. Seven of them are present in the Old Testament. Working of miracles, uh, gifts of healings, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, special faith. Seven of the nine, I didn't get them all, but there, seven of the nine are in the Old Testament. 
The, the prophets and the kings, all them guys, they operated those gifts. Only two have been added. What are they? Tongues, interpretation of tongues. Well, what's that? Well, it came with the new birth. It came with being baptized in the Holy Spirit, which came from a pursuit. You're born again without speaking in tongues. You're going to bust heaven wide open. They're going to be so glad. Oh, I'm so glad to see you. Whether you speak in tongues ever or not. But what it does, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, what it does is it makes it easier. Hear what I'm saying. It makes it easier for us to please God. It's just, it's like you put another jet engine in your car or your plane or whatever, and you just, it's just, it just makes it easier. Turn with me to Acts chapter 2. Now, we're, we're kind of chasing a rabbit trail here, but I, I want you to know the difference, even though everybody in here knows the difference. We're just going to go through it. Maybe it's for the, for people that are watching, but we're going to go through this little deal because it confuses a lot of folks. In Acts chapter 2, look in verse 4, it says, And when they were all filled, the word there is saturated. Little dabble do you, it's not exactly what the Lord had in mind. When they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. Have you been filled with the Holy Ghost? Well, we have. And when we did, we, we spoke in other tongues. Now, I was a day and a half. With three syllables. It was pitiful. It was embarrassing. I, I, just, I only had three syllables. But they encouraged me and said, I just, just keep opening the can. You'll be able to pour out of it. So I did. And sh sure enough, one day, the, the second day, I started gushing. So if you go, I didn't get it. I just got this and that. You got it all, but it's just like you're between channels on the radio. And you're hearing a little of this and hearing a little of that. You move it a little further and you'll, you'll, get, some, you'll, you'll get some American woman Doodle-doodle-doo. <laughs> Y'all didn't think I knew that song. Hallelujah. So they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Same Holy Ghost, same mouth, same utterance, but not utterance. Because I can tell you when you prophesy, you, or when you speak in tongues as a gift or as a manifestation of the Holy Ghost, it's different than when you're just praying in your prayer language. There's an authority. There's a pronouncement. And there's an end to it. Now, you and I, we can pray in tongues for two hours and never slow up. Now, you can't pray in English two hours. You run out, I run out in about six and a half minutes. Uh, can we do these again, Lord? I, you know, uh, but with tongues, you can pray out the mysteries until the cows come home. Even when they come home, you can keep praying. Hallelujah. So it says in 1 Corinthians 12, look in verse 1 now. I think it's 1. No, verse 8. Let's look in verse 8. Because we've got to skip some stuff for time here. It, he's talking about the... Uh, 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 verse 5, there are differences of manifest, uh, administrations. 6, there's diversities of operations. And then verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit everyone. But to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. One of the manifestations or one of the, the revealings of the Holy Ghost where he shines is called a word of wisdom. To another different person. The word of knowledge by the same Spirit. 
Let's make sure I'm not. Yeah, here we go. To another faith. It's called special faith. By the same spirit. See, that's another one where people get mixed up and says, well, faith's a gift of the spirit and I'm in faith. That's, that's a it's a special faith. It's faith beyond you. I moved from Texas to Alabama on the gift of faith. I would not tell anybody to do what I did. But I could not help myself because I was in the spirit of faith. And, and when it left, we went, oh, my Lord, what have we done? <laughs> I'm telling you, when you look back and you go, that couldn't be. So verse, uh, verse 9, to another faith by the same spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same spirit. Verse 10, to another the working of miracles, talking about manifestations, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. So tongues is same, the same with this mouth, and it's, it's, uh, it comes out of the same place, but it's not a manifestation of the Spirit. It's a manifestation of be, me being filled with the Spirit. Because I can, I can start and stop tongues just like you. That's all I want. I can stop it. But if I prophesy to Jonathan this morning, I, or tongues in interpretation, it's going to be a tongue which has a, it's, it's called interpretation uh, of tongues. It's not called translation. So you might have a short tongue and a long interpretation. You might have a long tongue and a short interpretation. It's an interpretation, not a translation. And so, but that's, it's, it comes out like a tongue. But it's authoritative. It's gift. It's Holy Ghost. It's it's a it's got it's got a, it's pronounced, and there's a purpose to it. And then someone in the room or in the place brings forth the interpretation. So it takes two people, or it takes one person to bring the tongue and bring the interpretation. But it's two different gifts that have to work together. When you raise somebody from the dead. You're operating in more than one gift. You're operating usually in the gift of special faith. You're operating in the gifts of uh, uh, working of miracles. And sometimes you're working in uh, gifts of healings to get somebody raised up that's been in a car accident and everything's wonky and their brains are over here and their leg is over there and whatever. And you raise them up and it takes three gifts to get them there. Well, that's what it's talking about here. Uh, it's the mouth. The passion, verse 11. Did y'all see verse 11 in there? But all these worketh that one same self-spirit, dividing. Here it is. Here's the other little uh, people bring up, is that it's God does it when he wants to, and he's never told me that he wants to through me. You know, that's what they use. Well, some may have it, but I don't have the gift. But the passion says it's the same Holy Spirit who distributes, activates, and operates these different gifts as he chooses for every believer. Well, go, yeah, there you go. He hadn't given me the gift of tongues, so I don't speak in tongues. He's already told us. Where did he tell us? In, verse, in chapter 14, but I want you to prophesy. He wants everybody to prophesy. Now, you may not work in gifts of healings every day. Why would you? It's got to have a place. It's got to have a purpose. It's got to have an end. You may not have a word of wisdom every day or a word of knowledge every day. He's going to distribute that severally as he wills. 
But he says as far as prophecy, it's the only one. He said, I want you to be a yabba-dabba-doo all the time. I want it to be coming. I want you move into a place. I want you to call out the gold. I want you to dig for me. I want you to bring up the unseen, the unknown, the unbelieved, and I want you to pronounce it because I've got a purpose in that person, and I'm going to manifest the Holy Ghost through you to take care of that. You go, that sounds like God. Has he ever helped, used anybody to help you? Well, yeah. Has anybody ever helped y'all? Y'all look like you don't know for sure. Let me think. Bless your little hearts. Of course he has. So, does he choose the time and the person and the place? Yes, he does when he manifests the Holy Ghost. But he says there, I earnestly desire. Earnestly desire. Desire spiritual gifts. That word there is, I told you, is covet. Desire. Be zealous. Be jealous to lust after, to crave. He said, you ought to be getting up every day saying, I'm craving prophecy. I'm craving talking to somebody in the Holy Ghost. You go, that's crazy. Mm, it's just Bible. Maybe, maybe our culture hasn't been tuned in right. Uh, in verse 12, let's see where I am, verse 12. Chapter 14, verse 12 says, Even so ye, for as much as ye were zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. He said, seek it. Seek it. The other gifts, he's just going to come along and you're available. Lord, I'm available. But he said, this prophecy thing, this edifying the church, he said to seek it. The passion says, um, what does the passion say? Seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Well, yea. So the Lord's talking to you. He's talking to you in the still small voice. Praise God. I heard Keith Moore say one time, and uh, he said, well, I asked the Lord one day to let me go through the whole day without the anointing without the presence of God so that I could see if there was much difference. He said it was the worst day of his life. Said nothing worked, nothing. He couldn't talk. He couldn't think. He couldn't do anything. I didn't pray that prayer anymore. Hallelujah. But lots of people are operating in it all the time without, without the anointing. So uh, he tells us to do three things, to teach, to preach, and prophesy. Y'all say amen when you get it. I'm to preach. Well, I'm not the preacher. Sure you are. This pulpit does not make me a preacher, and, and that chair and where you go every day does not keep you from being a preacher or a teacher. The Bible says that if you're an elder, you're apt to teach. And we're not talking about Sunday school lessons and not talking about recounting Moses in the Ten Commandments. We're talking about teach under the unction or under the power of the Holy Spirit. So... Here's what we say here at River Church. The good news is, the bad news is wrong. Say it with me. The good news is, the bad news is wrong. That's what we do. That's what we do. We are here to make strong Christians, Jesus strong, and we expose the bad news and say, ah, it's not bad news. God told me you were going to die when you were 59. No, he didn't. He didn't tell anybody bad things. 
He is always an escape. He always wants us to have a way. Don't ever let anybody prophesy your death or your demise or your whatever. They are wrong. Edification, exhortation, comfort. If it, if it doesn't line up in that, you got the wrong bull. Amen. So, from that, edification, exhortation, and comfort, we can say that prophecy is always cheerful. Always cheerful. Always cheerful. It's happy. So, what, what about when you get a prophecy? What if Brother Dudelog gets up here and he says, Ah, that, that saith the Lord, you, you, you're going to do this and God has that. And you look at him and go, Well, that, that made me cheerful. But by the time you ate your dessert at Baumhauer's, you'd already forgot it. How do I know that? Because I've already forgot it. People come to me and say, what did you say now? Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There might be some recollection, and I know people that have said, I, this is what the Lord said. It's down in them, so it's just me that's that way. But you've got to write it down. Point yourself with me and say, hey, you. Hey, you. Write, it down. write it down. The book in the, the scripture in Habakkuk, or Habakkuk, however you all like to say that, the Lord answered me in chapter 2 and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he that may run, that he may run that readeth it. Y'all, if the Lord wants it to come to pass, if, if, they are, if they're not a false prophet, it'll come to pass. By his stripes ye were healed. Will that come to pass? Only if you write it down in your heart. Only if you believe it. Only if you agree with it. God will pay my. He, God might not pay my bills. Well, He won't if you don't agree with it. You go. Well, I'm a covenant man. You got to agree with it because there's a real devil. There's real sin. There's a real curse in the earth, and uh, and there's double-minded people, including us. You better write it down. I got a. I got. I told y'all I have a book that's actually. I got two books this thick, front and back. Of prophecies. Now, some of them have uh, expired. You know, they were for a particular time and a place. But I got lots of them that are still out there. One of them to River Church. I wrote it down two times. The uh, the man Steve Sampson said, "I'm going to give you all property." I don't know if he's talking to me or the church, but it's all the same to me. If I get property, I'm giving it to the church. But anyway, he said, I'm going to give you all property that you won't have to lift a finger for. Well, I've been through lots that said that's never going to happen. But it's on the list and it's coming to pass. You ought to get a dream book. We won't talk about that, but you ought to, you ought to prophesy to yourself. I have a paid for house. Thus saith the Lord through Michael Billings. Michael Billings, you have a paid for house. And I go write it down. I'll look what the Lord said. <laughs> paid for house. Well, that wasn't from somebody. It was the gift that spoke to us. So this morning, oh, y'all should have, y'all shouldn't have been so speedy this morning. It's still 20 till 12. We're going to prophesy. You go, I don't know if the gifts come on me. He said, earnestly desire the gift. And you know, the Lord wants to call the gold out in all of us. 
I, I've had uh, people call the gold out in me, and you might say, well, you're the preacher. What do you need gold called out for? Because there's a real devil for preachers. <laughs> there's real flesh all over these bones. There's real sin everywhere. There's, there's people, people. Job's friends are everywhere. So I need prophecy. I need edification, exhortation, and comfort. And besides, it's not just to get along. It's not like, well, I'm not discouraged. But are you out encouraging somebody? Well, I'm not depressed. That's not the, that's not the standard for us is just to not be negative. It's to be over there so far, your cup runneth over, that you're, you're pulling all sorts of people out of the ditch. Boy, I preached good this morning. I can tell y'all this, this is a life changer. So uh, we're going to call out the gold right here on, on broadcast. They're going to be looking at me. I'm, the camera's not moving, so you, you don't have to say, oh, no, they knew who it was. But I'll just point to you so that you can be anonymous. And you go, well, I need more time. And I need to study it out and write it down. No, you don't. If you can speak in tongues, you can prophesy. They're not related but it just means that you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you can prophesy. Y'all say amen. Amen. So, uh, Jonathan, stand up. Oops. Jonathan, stand up <laughs> and prophesy to somebody in here. Look around and call out the gold, sir, because I know you can. I wouldn't embarrass you for all the money. Well, maybe some of it, but uh, I know this is right. Prophesy, brother. So, I, I heard the Holy Spirit right before you called me out say that there's somebody on the broadcast that you have heard a word. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're, we're going to get this right. Oh, I turned it off. Y'all wait on me, I'm coming. Okay, man of God. Is he on? Is, you can always stand by me. You'll, look how pretty, look how, look how pretty you got. You, you wasn't that pretty till you stood right by me. It's on. Okay. Okay. Oh, Praise God. You look normal so, now. I heard, I heard that there's, there's somebody that has received a word that you have put a timetable on your healing. You put a timetable on what you're supposed to receive based off of what you heard. But God says it's now. So you just receive the now instead of receiving what you heard in the past and think, well, I'm having to wait, I'm having to wait, I'm having to wait. You have it now. You have the healing now. You have the deliverance now. You have the freedom now. So walk in what God has already given you instead of putting your confidence in what a man said. Now, why is that just for broadcast? It could be somebody here. It is for everybody here. It's for all of us here. Good word. Good word. Amen. Now, I got him up, and y'all are over there just shaking in your boots. Oh, no, Lord. But I'll let you volunteer after this. Like popcorn. They just popped up saying, me next, me next. No, you sit down. We, we got to go in order here. While you were talking. Oh. And I wrote it down because the Lord told me to write it down and give it to you. And I'm going to read it to you. And I'm going to give it to you. He said, Josh... The Lord says to tell you that you are gold to him. No matter what you feel, 
or what you think, he sees gold. You are here to renew your mind and to see who you truly are. You're yeah. not here for your dad or for Senna, but to find your way and to see yourself as he sees you, gold. He loves you and he wants you back. So rejoice and open your heart and don't look back. He said, seek me. So that's for you. Amen. Well, gosh, Josh doesn't even have to write it down. Look at this. We have Prophecy Deluxe here. Who else? Who else? Now just suit yourself. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, but... Miss Lisa. But let me just tell you why Miss Lisa comes. You can fail here where you might not fail anywhere else, and you can't fail because we, we already love you. Miss Lisa, prophesy, woman. Okay. Of God, I mean. It's somebody... That's out here listening on the broadcast, and you have severe depression. I'm here to tell you that the Lord loves you, and depression is dem demonic and is from the devil. God loves you. Amen. You can make it. Amen. Okay. Thank you, Lisa. That was good. Now, what Lisa really gave was a word of knowledge. Y'all get that? Which is, yay, go, go. But who has a prophecy? Who's calling out the gold in somebody? Somebody, like. Anybody? Well, let's just, let's just call out for the church. I have no idea what I'm about to say. I'm telling you I have zero idea. But I'm going to start in how prophecy works, how word of knowledge works, is you get a seed and you get it planted in your heart and you just release the seed or the, as it were, a long towel or whatever, and you just pull on it right there out of your mouth, out of your heart. And as you release the first few words, the rest of them come. You just pull them out until there's no more. Amen. So River Church, thus saith the Lord to you, be edified, be exhorted, be comforted. For the day of shame is over, and I will raise you up, saith the Lord, to be my good tidings. And you will see things now that have always been, but not revealed to the natural man, that I have already prepared for you, that are amazing and make you glad. So now by seeing them, you might run. Or by seeing them, you might rejoice. Or by seeing them, you might connect. But however you see them, rise up and be changed. Be glorified in me. Take your place, saith the Lord, for I will surely do what I have said, and I have said that I will make this place glorious. So rise up and take your place, everyone in their place, saith the Lord, and I will make a glorious thing out of it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Okay, that's for the church.
Prophecy's scary in the sense of knowing the whole thing. Well, I got to get this memorized. I gotta... No, no. You just start it by faith. It's a faith venture. Anybody else? Fixing to go. Fixing to go. Rachel. Ah, there you are. There's gold in you, girl. And the Lord wants you to know how he has kept you and prepared you and delivered you over and over and over. And he has kept you back for his own precious prize that he might lift you up and that you might show and shine glory unto him. And he will put a word in your mouth that he has placed it, placed in it. And you will tell of that word and say the Lord, the path will be cleared of, of destruction and limits and slowing you down. Things that have gnawed on you and worried you and, and set you back, they will all disappear, saith the Lord, like a mirage. And he will set you on a path and you will pick up speed. You will pick up speed and you will pick up speed until you're up to speed. And it will be a great day in your life, saith the Lord. But he says it's a great day now. Amen. Amen. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? You go, how'd you do that? I, just like you'll do that. Anybody else? Well, I, nobody else. I dismiss you then. I release you to go and prophesy, to go and make this thing in your heart tangible and go and prophesy. Prophesy to yourself. Get in the mirror and say, hey, you, thus saith the Lord. You're better than you think. You're looking good and you're going to do some stuff that nobody thought. Amen. Go and connect with the people that God is putting in your life and you will have your best day ever. Amen. God bless you.